All right, guys, welcome. This is the Binary Atlas Show, and on this episode, we are going to be talking about the evolution of the cell phone. This is something that, from the onset, when I was a teenager, just graduating high school, I got my first cell phone, I was always enamored with the technology and how it worked and things like that. So let's start with the earliest cell phones that I can remember, and that's the car phone slash the bag phone. Did you ever have any experience with those, Brandy? Well, I mean, I saw the car phones in movies, and then the bag phones are basically, you know, they're separate, a separate item entirely. Car yeah. phones would be where you'd have the phone actually built into the car. They were common, like in the convertibles and different yeah. things where you saw the rich people cars. And the reason I mentioned it is because they looked exactly the same. Right, it was the same hardware that's in the bag. It was just mounted in the dash or Pretty the much. console. Pretty much, and or basically, I mean, some of y'all are so young that you probably don't even have much of a concept of what an old-fashioned house uh, phone and I, and by old-fashioned, I don't mean like super old-fashioned, but like a phone with a cord. That's what these <laughs> were. They were a phone that you pick up, and you know, it looked like a regular phone, but yet it was mounted in the car or it yeah. was in a bag. And you plugged it into the uh, cigarette lighter, basically, to get yeah, your power. My, uh, my dad worked construction. And he was a supervisor. And the construction company he worked for gave put a bag phone in his truck. So he had even the pagers, right? The, mm -hmm. Remember paging, right, from way back then? Yes. It really is amazing how far we've come. And not really that far of a time. We're talking maybe 25 years ago. You know, maybe 30 years ago. Yeah, not. I mean, I'm not sure exactly when those came out. Um, well, I'm not talking about, I'm not looking up the exact date they come out. I'm just talking about in my memory, in my experience with them, that's not been that long ago. No, not really. definitely not, because we're not old. I mean, ne never, never. Never, never. Never, never. But, you know, I so saw my dad had the bag phone, so I remember that. And then, you know, you went from the back phones to truly what was really a, an all-encompassing in one new plastic unit, right? The big giant phone. Yes, they look the, kind of like modern-day satellite phones. Uh, they were huge because they had to have a huge battery to get you your, what, hour of airtime or yeah. whatever. Well, like but, Zach Morris on Saved by that, the Bell. I was about to mention that. It's like yes. my first memory of seeing one of those was on that Saved by the Bell TV show, and when he would come out, Acting like he's a big one, I think, with this giant phone. Yes, and so that was the early 90s yeah. when that came out. And then they had, um, after that, I remember my mom, we called it a brick phone, basically. It Most of the phone felt like a brick. It was so heavy. And then it had a small part that flipped out. And you know why it felt that way? Because it had the battery was ginormous. It battery had technology, to be. Yeah, it had to be to get the talk time on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember, see, I remember those. I remember the bar phones, the Nokias. Those were huge. Yes, and they had the little ones. My first cell phone was actually a small Nokia. Um, like, it wasn't the standard candy bar phone. I got that later, but it was a slim Nokia. It was forest green. I was so excited. I got it when I was 16. And it had an antenna that you actually had to pull out similar to old um, cordless phones where in order to take the call correctly, you would have to pull out the antenna to yeah. get the signal. My first phone was also a Nokia. It was a bar phone. Mine did not have the antenna that pulled out, but the antenna was fairly large, like a hard plastic, mm -hmm. big round antenna on the top. 
so I had that one. I remember going to a flip phone. I had uh, a couple of flip phones. The one I remember the most was the Motorola Razor. Uh, just I because how that one. Because it, it, it was sleek. It was glossy. It looked futuristic. And you metal. were all over that. I think you yeah. had one of those uh, at some point when we were dating. Um, I started out, of course, with the small Nokia. And then I went to the Nokia candy bar phone. And I remember, I mean, it was very, it was just so basic. It was a phone. You could do some te texting with it, but you had to rely on the alphabet that's printed on the numbers. So you would have to like <laughs> click several yes. times to be able to text. So, you know, that I think that's when like the abbreviated you, you text speaks. The two twice, the three, three times, the five yes, twice. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that's actually, you know, our generation invented all of that abbreviation for text speak because our thumbs were so damn tired from trying to text. <laughs> to type everything. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and some of them had little games on them. Um, where it was like almost like a little snake game where you had oh, to yeah. move it. I remember the snake game. And it would get larger and larger, but then you had to keep moving it. Otherwise, you would fold in on yourself and it would kill it. Yeah, a snake. It basically That's, a snake. Yeah. And some of the early ones had little calculators. They weren't very advanced, but it was enough to add up your grocery bill if you needed to. And this was all pre-camera. There were no cameras on these earlier phones. Yeah, and then I now my Razor had a camera on it. It did. Very low quality. I know, but you, you looked at it and you were like, oh my God, this is amazing. It is. It's like, oh, if you're in a car accident or something, you can snap a picture instantly and not have to go get one of those uh, disposable cameras. Um, and I remember having a little fold-up Samsung phone that had a little lanyard on it after that. Um, yeah, I never had those. So I, Yeah, I had that one for a while. I was pretty much all Nokia until I got the Razor, and then I had the Razor until I went to, I decided I wanted to get a more business phone because I wanted to do email and stuff when that first came out. And um, back then, you could only do that with the Palm Pilot or a BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. BlackBerry was actually the biggest one in the space when it comes to the business phones. And then Palm Pilot came out as more of a handheld little computer where you could have different programs on it and do stuff. Both of them though, I don't know if I would truly classify them as an internet based device because one, the internet was still in its infancy back then. And two, you had to pay a God awful extra fee uh, I remember on the BlackBerry just to be able to use email and internet. It was like mm -hmm. a BlackBerry plan or something that exactly. was on top of the cell phone plan. Well, I mean, and even with the cell phone plans, um, my first cell phone, I could only call in Arkansas. And I remember when you and I were dating, I took a trip uh, in grad school to Texas and I called you a couple of times. We didn't talk very long, but I ended up with like a $60 extra charge because I didn't realize that I still was grandfathered into that Arkansas only plan. Yeah, so, and they didn't do, they didn't do, they charged you when you roamed. They did. Right? It was yes, a, yeah. roaming charges, and you had so many minutes. And if you went over, you had to pay an extra fee. It wasn't like, I mean, even today, there's some pay as you go plans where you have a set number of minutes. But um, this was, you know, how that worked. You had, the roaming fees. And then there were some that were like nights and weekend plans where you got unlimited yes, calls after a certain time that. period, like maybe after nine o'clock you could uh, Boy, things call. Have so, things have so changed. They have. And it, I mean, I feel like it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I got 
like I said, I got my first cell phone when I was 16. So that would have been 1997. Um, it was when I started driving. And at the time, it never would have occurred to me to leave the phone on all the time. It's like, oh, this is my cell phone. I take it with yeah. me when I'm driving. That was about the time I got mine because my mom and dad wanted me to have one at college. Yes. Uh, when I was driving back and forth uh, to school. So, but yeah, so that was about the same time I had mine. Mm -hmm. And see, my mom had one before that. Um, I remember using it to call my friends because where I grew up, there were um, people going to school from three different towns, basically. Um, but yet they, we were all close together. But there was this one point in town where the county line happens and you have two next door neighbors, one of them with a Benton address and one of them with a Malvern address. And it was long distance for them to call each other, but they could yell across their backyard. Well, see, this is the funny thing. We had the same thing here in, in Darnell, so. Yes, with Darnell and Russellville. Because we're separated by a river, and for a long time, it was long distance to call Russellville. It was before cell phones. I mean, now, I think, it technically, it's still long distance if you have a traditional landline. Probably. I mean, I don't think they ever changed that. But I don't know many people who... Either A, they still have the phone line, but they never use it, or they don't have a phone line anymore at all. Exactly. I think that's kind of, that, that's one of the technologies that's kind of faded. It has. I mean, we we don't have a home phone. We just all have our cell phones. And um, our house was built in 1998 when there were still, it was still normal oh, to have the wires are in the walls. Oh, yeah, the wires are in the walls. It, it was still normal to have a home phone at that we, point. We never had it hooked up. No, and even when I went to college in the dorms uh, where I lived, there were phone lines. You had to bring your own phone, but each dorm room had its own phone uh, phone number, and they don't even have that anymore. They may have a phone for the front desk now, but it, it's just it's amazing. Things but, have changed, and, and so... I remember, and we've we've talked about this before, and I'm sure you've heard this on the internet before, but honestly, my opinion, the pivotal point of change was the iPhone. It really was. Now, now do you, you can, remember what year that was? Uh, I do not. I um, feel like it was before our son was born. Our I'll son, look it up and I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, I feel like, okay, our son was born in uh, 2008, and I feel like you may have gotten an iPhone like right before that. So 2008. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So somewhere around that that time, yeah. Yeah, I just went ahead and looked it up. So yeah. Uh, oh wait, no. First release. 2007. 2007. Yes, I feel like. I mean, you got the very first iPhone. Yeah, I did. I had. I had and, the first iPhone. Because um, I, I figure I feel like it was right before you know our son was born. Now you you can love love Apple. You can hate Apple. But it was truly a transformative product. It, it really was. was. Now, people don't realize this. I mean, we're so used to the iPhone of today, but it was actually quite limited on what it could do. You had Safari, so you could browse the internet. The big thing about that was there was no extra fee to have internet access, right? That's, that's true, and um, that was like a Black, big deal. Because Blackberries at the time, I remember it, you had to pay an extra $45 a month just to be able to do email. That's right. And, and so that wasn't even, uh, and really like even trying to browse the internet was difficult. There wasn't really such a thing as mobile friendly back then. No, it was, and they did that because it was like you had your cell phone plan, but you had actually actually buy a BlackBerry add-on plan. So it doubled your phone bill to have it. Yes. The iPhone didn't do that. You also had text messaging and like a real keyboard that you could use to type and do 
lots of text messaging. You had the camera, you had photos to organize the photos from the camera. You had just... Well, the apps. That's now, what started well, changing things after... So the apps didn't start at first, right? Mm -hmm. The first iPhone, you could there was no app store, okay. right? It was just the apps that were on the phone. Uh, I want to say the first app store... Um, looked it up real quick. Yeah, so that came a little later. See, I didn't have the first iPhone. Um, I didn't get one until later, um, but I remember my husband having it. All right, so 2.0. So that was 2008. Okay. The next year, they released I, they they released the iPhone OS 2.0 that had the App Store. Yes. So it was like they had a software update. So they launched the phone. It had Apple's apps only. The next year, they launched the new OS for it which was a free update, and that gave you the App Store, which gave you access to... Yes, and at this point, I don't even remember when I got my first iPhone. <laughs> um, it was probably like the iPhone 3 or something at that point, because I, I yeah. waited for a while. But now that, but the reason I call the iPhone transformative is because it's, it, it changed, it set a new bar that all the other manufacturers had to meet in order for people to want to buy their cell phones. So what happened was Google came out with what they called their mobile operating system, Android. Now, what was, and Google helped transform this space too. What was transformative about what Google did is Google put it out as open source. What open source means is any company could download the source operating system and put it on their hardware. They didn't have to pay developers to develop the operating system for their hardware. Because back mm -hmm. then, Every cell phone, whether it was a Razor, Nokia, whatever, the operating system that ran on that phone was custom coded by the manufacturer. It only worked on that phone. Mm -hmm. So that was a big expense for the uh, cell phone companies. Google made that where it wasn't expensive anymore. All they had to do was download Android and put it on their phones. Yeah, so that's when you get like your Samsung phones and those uh, other ones. Oh, that Oppo, account. Samsung. Uh, I think Nokia is out of the business now, but Nokia yeah, was making sure. Android phones for a little while. They're all over the place. Samsung is the biggest player uh, in that space, and they have done a lot with foldable phones here lately. So, yes. Well, and Google, they, they make their own phones too, don't they? They do now. So okay. what happened was, is at first, Google did not make their own phones at all. They just put out the, the operating system. But now Google makes the Pixel. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, Google is probably this year going to announce a foldable Pixel. Mm -hmm. So it seems like right now, Samsung and Google are going to be battling each other over this new genre of phone, which basically, I say foldable, but what makes it foldable is new technology came out that makes the screen bendable. Yeah, right, so breaking. it's not like, a, I mean, it, it has, I guess, the same type of hinge, I guess, as a flip it's, phone. It's two pieces, it's, it's got a hinge, the, but the, the screen on front is one. stays the same. Uh, this was, so it was a space that I was really excited about when it first came out, but then I realized that the limitations were, were there, that it really wouldn't do what I wanted to do, so I'm waiting. Honestly, I'm waiting until Apple does it, but uh, the reason I thought that was going to be such a huge deal was, for me... Um, I'm at the job. I walk around a lot. I go from trouble ticket to trouble ticket, fixing computers, printers, networks, all that kind of stuff. And so I thought, hey, wouldn't it be nice if I could carry one device, not two, right? Because I have my iPhone with me, right? But there are just some times when if I had larger screen real estate, it would make it easier to 
browse a website to enter data to look stuff up, it would just be more convenient, right? That's why I have a tablet, right? So I thought, all right, I can have the phone. And then when I need a tablet, I just open it up. It okay. gets bigger. And now I have a tablet. I'm done with the tablet. I can fold it, put it back in my pocket. Uh, it wasn't all that great a technology because when I was looking at them, one, they were really expensive like anything new is. And two, you could still see the crease down the center of the screen. Yes. Which I thought over time would probably bug me. Yes. Well, I honestly don't understand how it could possibly not have a crease unless it was some special type of like silicone or something. Because if it's glass, it has to have a seam. Well, it's not glass. That's what I'm saying. The, it would have to be something else. Yeah, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know exactly what they make it out of. And I know the technology is going to get better. And that's why I think eventually, see, Apple has a habit of not entering a space when it's new. They wait until they think they can perfect it. They won't put out a bad product. That right? makes, well, <laughs> they, they've had some duds. Well, they have, but. <laughs> but not anymore. Right? Not, not in a long time. And so I think when they put out one, I think they'll, they'll perfect that genre. Uh, but yeah, I, I just always thought that was neat. Mostly, I don't know, you've probably never seen the sci-fi show Westworld, have you? I don't think so, no. So on Westworld, I just love that show so much because it was based in the future, so they had a lot of future tech in it. Or, you know, their artists, their imaginative renditions of what future tech would look like. And they had a phone that he would open up three times. It would come out in this big old tablet, and it was seamless. You couldn't tell that it was ever a different device and then fold. But I thought that was kind of neat. So I think mm -hmm. someday we'll get there, and... I'll, I'll be shut up and take my money, you know, whenever that comes oh, out. Oh, dear. We should probably start saving now, folks. <laughs> uh, the big thing is, is, and I think we've hit on some of these topics in past episodes, but where is the future of phones going? Uh, things are starting, the lines are starting to blur. They are. Between a lot of these technologies. Well, I mean, it's a computer in your pocket. I've heard some people speculate and talk about how our phones, like our iPhones, are more pow powerful than the computers that put men on the moon back in the 60s. Oh, yeah, by, by leaps and bounds, And these right? were computers that took up whole rooms. Yeah, leaps and bounds. Uh, so, one, like I said, is it a computer or is it a phone? It's technically both, right? True. For a while, Windows experimented with a Windows phone that you could dock on a little dock, and then you had a keyboard, mouse, and monitor, so and it, it was the full Windows experience. So it was like your computer, basically. It was like your computer, and then you could do your documents, you could do your spreadsheets, everything you want, then you could undock it and walk off with it. Their little experiment failed. They no longer do the Windows phone. Uh, other companies have tried the same thing. I think Samsung has a dock feature. Yeah, was it just not powerful enough? I think it came down to the fact that at the time, you had apps for phones, but the apps weren't full-fledged software that you would use on a computer, mm -hmm. right? But again, lines are really starting to blur on this kind of stuff. If I want to edit a spreadsheet, I don't have to have Excel or even my Max uh, Numbers program running on the computer anymore. I can do that in the web browser, right? Google has Google Sheets. That's true. You can do office.com and you can do Excel in the browser. You can, but some of the uh, features are limited. Um, as a writer, I have had to open things in uh, the Word program before I had the full suite. Yeah. 
um, I used my ancient Hotmail account to sign in and get access to the limited version of Word online, and I couldn't do everything that I needed to do. But you're an edge case, right? That's yes. not common, right? That's you're true. You're a common everyday user. Yes. Yeah, so like a high school, just fine. yeah, like a high school student needing to type up a paper or something like that. Yeah. So those those kind of things. So again blurring and then you know apple is fixing to launch their ar headset soon uh, they're going to be pushing more augmented reality and virtual reality workspaces and things like that so in the future if i'm wearing a device and i can talk to somebody on the phone why would i also have a phone now i know you're not going to wear big goggles around time but you know in the future as things slim down technology gets smaller and better and i'm wearing glasses that are augmented reality and everything's happening there why would I also want it to happen on a phone that I would pull up in my hand? It's going to get really blurred, and it's going to be some interesting changes, I think, in the next five to ten years. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds very Blade Runner to me. I, I can't imagine not having separate devices yet. I mean, like, I love my laptop. Now, of course, I don't have a tablet, um, but I do use my phone in that realm. I mean, I do use the Kindle app on my phone, which works fine for me, but I can understand how some people would have an actual like Kindle device or they might be using a Kindle app on a, uh, an Android tablet or an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so guys, that that's our show for today. We kind of wanted to hit the highlights of cell phones and where they've been and where we think they might be going. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to leave comments, please do so on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you're listening to now. Or you can go to our website, binaryatlas.com. We will have the link to the show notes in the description of this podcast. You can leave a comment on the show notes. We'll get to them when we can. Also, don't forget to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at binaryatlas, where we got some neat videos there for you guys to watch. Anything you want to add on our closing statement here, Brandy? Not at all. Um... I think we've covered everything that we can at this point. I'm anxious to see what the future holds and how much money it's going to cost us. <laughs> she knows I like this kind of stuff. All right, guys, this is the Binary Atlas podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>